it's good to see all you as well. Praise God. Uh, we're going to go ahead and release the children downstairs. Amen. If we are having Sunday school downstairs. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. I want to speak on this subject, a place reserved just for you. A place reserved just for you. First Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. We have it up on the screen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Ah, that's powerful. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was within me. Amen. What a tremendous setting uh, these two scriptures offer. Amen. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the power of God, the grace of God, I am what I am. And his power toward me was not empty, was not in vain, wasn't a waste of time. But I labored more abundantly because I recognized who I was and who he was. Yet, it wasn't by my own power, Paul is saying, but by the power of God which was within me. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your, your word to, to this morning. And God, we just want to be a vessel. We want to be used of you, God. And God, I ask you to help me as we present your thought this morning to your people. And I thank you for the power that you've given us to fulfill the purpose your word has for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. It's also good to have my son Nicholas with us this morning. <clears throat> Amen. I'm waking up in my house with all these new faces, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> "Amen." It's, family's good. It's good to have family. 
I am what I am because of the grace of God that dwells within me. Amen. Just that alone would preach for a, a very long time. When we recognize who we are and what God has, has done for us and, and what he is doing for us is really astounding. God who created the heavens and the earth, the world that we live on, terra firma, to try to wrap your mind around how big he is and how small we are and that God would take his time to work with fallen man. It's amazing to me. It really is amazing to me. And I think if anyone can understand human suffering, the Apostle Paul might come to your mind. In my life, I've endured some things, amen, just like we all have. And I've learned that suffering in various aspects of our life can hit us in so many different forms, so many different ways. Whether it's physical suffering, I, my body is on this side, my knee is not feeling real good, my hip, I get out of my vehicle and my hip, I'm constantly getting out on that side and it's just, it's, it's, it's breaking down it seems, but the physical side of our body, amen, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, there's others that have physical ailments. It's also, it's also the emotional side, what we feel inside, our emotions. And both of these areas can cause us to react differently. They affect us differently. And by Paul's own testimony, Paul humbly admitted that he himself, as great as he was from our perspective, was unworthy of the apostolic role that God had called him into. And I got to thinking about this. Is it possible the reason why Paul was willing to suffer more than most people was because Paul realized that maybe there was more at stake? Paul understood the eternal, the, eternal, the eternal position that he was in, the responsibility that God had placed on his life. Jesus never said that we would go without issues and problems. In fact, Jesus warned his disciples in John chapter 16 and verse 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. But then he says, through those tribulations, be of good cheer. Now, this guy, I don't know, when I look at this guy, I think of this guy as pretty, pretty, pretty out there. I mean, to be in tribulation and be happy about it is, is something that sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my noodle around it, but 
But this is the way Paul was built. This is the way that he was made. He was endowed with such a power flowing through his life, amen, that he was a living example of what the church of the living God could achieve if we look at the life of Paul. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And every one of us, because we have the grace of God when we were born again, and as God lives inside of us and God flows out of us, we also have the power of God, the same power of God that Paul had flowing through us. We ourselves are able to achieve great things in the church. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Therefore, if I've overcome the world, then you can overcome the world as well. And Paul was a living example of this saying, this what, what, what Jesus was talking about. Again, there's going to be opposition. There's always going to be opposition because of the statement I made earlier. There's a physical aspect and there's an emotional aspect that every one of us have to face. Uh, we all have difficulties in life, whether it's family, financial, relationships, uh, physical ailments, spiritual ailments. We can go on and on and on. Every one of us are going to be affected by things in life. And when we understand that if we face these challenges, face these battles, face these things that come upon us. Ultimately, it's going to make us stronger as we pursue the things of God. In fact, I can go one step further. The reason why God allows these things to happen in our lives is to make us stronger. Now, you might think I faced a battle last week and that's it. No more battles for my entire life. But God doesn't work that way because God knows there are hidden things inside each and every one of us that we don't always know that are there or we think we've gotten victory over those hidden things. And so when situations pop up and you feel this urge to lash back or you feel this urge to withdraw, God allows these situations to come into our life so we can face these and we can battle them and we know how to deal with them the next time they rise up. Because sometimes those emotions can intensify. They can get stronger and stronger and stronger. If we never face these battles, these situations, you're never going to be able to endure the stress as they come upon our lives. So there will be oppositions. What kind of struggles, what kind of oppositions did Paul face? What kind of oppositions did, do we face? Well, we could go on and it could be endless on different scenarios that each one of us face. Everybody's unique. Everyone's different. Everyone's DNA is different. So my stress will not be your stress. My battles will not be your battles. And I wasn't there when Paul was there, but there are some hints of 
the things that Paul faced. I think Paul, praise God, uh, had some type of insecurities. I think Paul, uh, in some aspects, probably was a little reserved, amen. I think Paul was battling with a lot of pride, amen. And so there are many things um, such as the former insecurities uh, that will cause someone to draw or digress from the purpose that God has us involved in. I've seen so many people that are so eager to do something great in the kingdom of God. And then they face a battle or something comes upon them that they didn't realize that was there. And it rises up and then they withdraw. They, they wither. They, they digress. And it can limit. It can literally stop a person from growing in the kingdom of God. And fulfilling God's purpose in the way that God wants that person to fulfill God's purpose. You see, God has called everybody, every one of you, me, you, everyone, to be an ambassador. An ambassador is a, a representative of a foreign country. They are usually granted with authority. Everyone say, I have authority. I have authority to present a message to proclaim the goodness of God. Speaking kingdom-minded here. To proclaim the message that God has given us, praise God. And what an awesome privilege that is. We don't realize, I don't think, the full significance of of what this salvation message really is. Yes, we know if we obey it, amen, God's going to fill us with the Holy Ghost and we're going to be baptized in Jesus' name according to the obedience of the Word of God. We're going to do these things. It's a requirement to be saved. But that's just the beginning. There's something greater than that. That's just the empowerment that God gives you and me to fulfill his purpose. God gives us power so we have strength to fight against these things like insecurities, like pride, like different things that will rise up. Again, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. And as we become ambassadors, amen, there's going to be many things that rise up that try to stop you, try to limit you from God's purpose. Paul went through many, many, many different things, amen. Just reading different scenarios that he went through makes me want to say, I don't know if I want to go through there. What, what an awesome man this person was. He was an overachiever. He was a master of handling certain things. I don't think I could be beat three times and, and I don't think I could be stoned and I don't think I could go through all the things that Paul went through and still say, Jesus is awesome and Jesus is coming and I'm proclaiming this message. Why? Because I'm an ambassador. This world is not my home. And so he was proclaiming this awesome message Praise God, because God had divinely met him somewhere in his life. 
and minister to him personally. Praise God. Jesus took the time to, to be with Paul and to minister to Paul. It was a one-on-one. -on -one. There's something awesome about Jesus when he pulls you aside and he gives you a one-on-one -on -one class. Praise God. And he tells you how much he loves you and he tells you about the great, the great feats, amen, that you're going to accomplish in the kingdom of God. And when God speaks to you and when God instills these valuable principles of, of God's purpose into your life, amen, it's something to be excited about. And because you're excited, that ought to get others around you to be just as excited. And so Paul faced many different scenarios. Again, beatings and stoned. He got, you know, he was stoned multiple times, imprisoned. Imprisonment did not change Paul's status in the kingdom of God. You might think, well, Paul's in prison. What did you do wrong? Just because God has you in a position that isn't glamorous or, or grandeur doesn't mean that, number one, God's mad at you. Number two, that you did something wrong. There are those individuals that are falsely accused. There are those, visual, those, those, those individuals, hey man, that sometimes have... Uh, a curveball is thrown in their life, amen. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we lose a job and it's, it's not our fault. Sometimes we're just laid off. Sometimes we're hit with a financial burden. Sometimes our family is, something happens in our family. It's just life. It's just life. And we should never be in a position, in a place have a mindset where just life is going to affect what God wants for us in the kingdom of God. And I think Paul, he was, he was, he was such a master of recognizing these things, even though he had insecurities, even though he had these other uh, things, amen, that could have limited him. He didn't allow situations, emotional, physical, financial things to, to, to stop him. And so I think sometimes when I go through life, and I hope you will be with me, is there's some scenarios that you do not have control over. Well, I'm a child of God. Yes, you are. Well, God loves me. Yes, he does. That doesn't mean that you are void of life and the things that life throws at you. Sometimes God will allow you to, to be in a position, amen, where you, my friend, can reach somebody in that position that you are in. And this is what we see in the life of Paul. Just because he was in prison, doesn't mean that he was a bad guy because we know some scenarios. Paul was in a prison to meet somebody that was in that prison with him. So Paul could minister. He was an ambassador. 
Just because he was in prison doesn't relinquish his goal, his, his purpose in the kingdom of God. And so Paul writes these words in Romans 8 and 28. He says, all things work together for good to them that love God. For them that love God. If you love God, and it isn't fake and it's real, Praise God. God knows. God knows your heart. God has a desire for each and every one of us. Praise God. And he wants you to be successful. He's called you to be successful. But yet the Bible says many are called, Brother George, but few are chosen. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It's just he's chosen you for a specific task, a job, a task, a, a chore, if you will. And because God is God, he gives you the tools to succeed. But if we allow our emotions, if we allow these other things to creep into our life, it's going to be very difficult to fulfill that task, that job. And so when we understand serving in his kingdom is not always about, listen to me, it's not always about my happiness. It's not always about what I want. Because sometimes God allows us to suffer as he creates opportunities for us to minister. Let me say it again. Sometimes God puts you in a position of darkness so you can be an influence to others that are in darkness. Paul is an ambassador for Jesus even within the dark prisons that he occupied. The prisons back then were not the prisons of today. It was dark and it was gloomy and it was cold. And sometimes they went without food and sometimes they were beaten. We live in a modern time where the prisons are mansions and they're beautiful and they're nice. And yeah, you're still locked away, but it's nothing like back then. And is it possible in dark times like these, where we find ourselves in a place of insecurities, that new doors of opportunity can swing open, where God can use you and use me to minister. Paul and Silas took advantage of every situation. Why? Because they were kingdom-minded. That's what it was. They were kingdom-minded. It wasn't about, oh, it doesn't feel good. Wasn't about, oh, I'm not happy. Wasn't about, oh, I got to go to church on Sunday morning, Tuesday night. We got a revival coming. Oh, I'm just not, I don't feel good. No, uh-uh. You have to be kingdom minded. You have to put an effort forth. God is strengthening you. God is putting you into a position where you can be strong for somebody else. That's his goal. That's his purpose. 
When you take your eyes off of you and I take my eyes off of me, amen, we are kingdom-minded because we look at the perspective through God's lenses. You see, they were in prison, Paul and Silas, and they were stripped of their freedom, but not they were stripped of their freedom, but not their praise. Yes. Do you have strength to praise God in your darkness? In your insecurities? Because you don't feel good? Because things ain't going your way? Can you still praise God? Can you still say, I love God? Are you still happy because God called you into this holy calling? Do you still give God the glory? Because people don't treat you right. Because you're in a place, amen, where you're not happy with. Have you ever thought from a different perspective? Maybe God has you in that position for somebody else. You see, they were stripped of their freedom, but their praise pressed on. And the Bible says it was at midnight in the dark time of their life when they began to praise and sing praises unto God. Here these two evangelists were, and they were just going into this town, and they just, they just wanted to do something great for God. They find themselves in captivity. They find themselves in this dark place, this, this prison house. And if you read the story, it's really a pretty awesome story that they were in locks and bonds, praise God, and, and they were in this place of darkness. But as you, as you begin to unveil this story, amen, you see that even though they were in locks and bonds, they, they begin to praise God. And, and, and when they begin to praise God, it was the praise that brought God into this place this place of darkness, amen. And Paul and Silas, they didn't understand that there was a jailer in there, praise God. That was, that, that, that was his job. And, and he as well was in a place of darkness, praise God. And Paul and Silas did not realize this man's condition. But as they began to praise God, amen, it did something to, 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 the, to, to the bars, amen. And the Bible says the earthquake. And when the earthquake, the chains broke off. Yes. The prison gates broke open. Yes. And where Paul and Silas could not reach this prison guard that held them captive, amen, now he understood, amen, there's something different about this individual, praise God. And Paul and Silas, they could have regressed or digressed, amen, and said, oh, we're going to get out of here. But they understood they were kingdom-minded. They understood their calling, amen, and it gave them the opportunity to minister to this one that had them bound. And as God came in and filled that place. His power released the thing that held Paul and Silas bound. And Paul and Silas were, were, were free now to reach to this jailer 
Amen. And that jailer now who was in prison broke out as well. Amen. And the Bible says he was he, he ended up getting baptized. Amen. And, and, and Paul was able, amen, to preach the message. Amen. You see, he was an ambassador. He was a preacher of the gospel. His whole life was to minister regardless of the conditions that he faced. Praise brought God in and praise broke Paul out so the jailer could have a breakthrough. A breakthrough. One preacher said this when Paul and Silas began to Praise God, amen. God got excited and God began to, to jump and dance. Praise God. And, and when God began to jump and dance, the earth quaked and it broke the prison bars open and the chains fell off. And God gets excited when he sees his sons and daughters, praise God. When, when his sons and daughters recognize the darkness isn't going to stop my praise, amen. I have a job to do, amen. And I'm going to fulfill God's purpose, amen. Because God has me in a position, amen, where he has a mighty work for me. But if we are clouded by our situation, if we're clouded by our condition, we're going to limit God from reaching others. Amen. Again, Acts chapter 24 and through 26, amen. We see Paul again, confined again. Man, this guy was a convict. Just doing something for God. But he always found himself in a place of darkness. But again, Paul realized that confinement brings opportunity. Darkness brings opportunity. We have to understand that God is, is going to require us to go into some places, amen. And if we don't recognize where we are, we're going to miss the calling of God. How many Times as God created opportunities for you and for me to share our faith with others. Sometimes we only have one chance. Sometimes we only have one opportunity, praise God. Paul was confined for two years and he came before the great man of the world, Festus and Felix and a King Agrippa, praise God. And Paul didn't digress from his calling. In fact, he preached all the more. And the Bible says one man was moved, amen. King Agrippa, and he says, Thou almost persuaded me to be a Christian. And Paul, again, could have digressed. He could have said, What's the use? Nobody's listening to me. I'm being rejected and, and I feel insecure. But instead of feeling sorry for himself, he rejoiced. 
in the fact that God counted him worthy to have a chance to make a difference in somebody's life. There's another man named Onesimus. Onesimus is the name. A slave, amen, that ran. And if Paul was not in a position of being in a dark place, he would have never met Onesimus. But yet Paul was there. And Paul did recognize, and Paul did realize that my calling does not stop in a place of confinement. In fact, you ought to be excited because God has you in a place, amen, where sometimes it's dark. God is creating an opportunity, a door, if you will, that swings wide open so you, my friend, who are empowered by the power of God to minister to people that might not know God. You might be their last hope, their last choice. We hear many stories of people that are on the verge of stepping into eternity without God. Oh, I was getting ready to end my life and I was just asking God, would you send somebody my way? And God unctions a man of God or a woman of God to give a word. Why? Because you're an ambassador. You have a message. God loves you. God hears your cry. The door's open. Step into it. Step into the promises of God. And we've heard many stories how people will say, I was, I was at my wit's end, but... Now I know that God is real and, and thank you for allowing God to use you. You see, what a difference. What a difference we can make with the right attitude. Everyone say right attitude. Say I want to have the right attitude. We need to have the right attitude. The church, the message, this, what we're doing here carries eternal weight, eternal values. You're not going to just roll over and die someday and that's going to be the end of it. No, my friend, you're going to stand in the presence of a living God one day and you are not going to get out of it and I am not going to get out of it and you are going to have to be accountable for every action that you do, every step you take, every, vo every word that comes out of your mouth. Each and every one of us are going to be accountable. And it's going to be you. And it's going to be God. And God gives us the opportunity now to make it right with God.
We have the opportunity now to say, God, I'm sorry, and present, amen, this act of repentance before a living God. You can't do that when you're dead. That's why the Bible says some sins go before, some follow after, praise God. The sins that go before, you have the opportunity to say, I've made mistakes, God. I'm laying it at the altar. The ones that come after, your voice is dead. No longer can you repent for your mistakes, and your mistakes will always catch up to you. Always catch up to you. And so it was praising God in the dark times which led to opportunities to the Philippian jailer, to Onesimus, to Felix, to King Agrippa, to Festus. And by focusing on our own securities, we can miss the opportunity to minister and impact a world that needs you. So is there a way to succeed? Is there a way to overcome in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our trials? Well, yes, God always has a way out. He always has a way out. Number one is recognizing where we are, who we are, who God is. Understanding that we can rejoice always and when we receive God's nature, we don't lose our human nature. We still paddle, but the Holy Ghost empowers us to be overcomers with a positive outlook, a positive attitude. This means we rise above our old ways and the way that we used to think. You don't have to think like that anymore. You don't have to act like that anymore. He has a way out. He's gifted you. He's empowered you. I am what I am because of the power, the grace of God. Woo! Praise God. He's strengthened you. He's empowered you to persevere through every challenge that you will ever face in this world. To rejoice in the Lord is the best choice a believer can make in every circumstance in life. Here's the reality. We all experience problems, hurts, disappointments, sickness, difficulties. We all experience. I experience it. You experience it. But one of the keys is to rejoice always. Number two is to pray and be thankful. The closer you get to God, you recognize how much you need God. You read the book of Romans, praise God, and the reason why they fell into homosexuality and bestiality and all these other aspects of life is because they lost their joy. They were no longer thankful for what God had did for them. And when you choose to lose your thankfulness, amen, you're on your way down, friend. 
Because now church becomes second priority to your life. God becomes second priority to your life. You now are influenced with things of the world, the priorities of the world. I would rather do this than go to the house of God. I would rather do this than read my Bible. I would rather do this. I would rather do that. And there's always going to be a this or that. And that will only keep you for a short time span. 80 years or less. And then we step into eternity. My friend, this is a testing ground. Life as we know it, praise God, is a testing ground. And God is trying to help you. God is trying to get you to a place, amen. But you won't do it, amen, if your life isn't filled with prayer and praise and thankfulness, amen, in the midst of trials and victories. Number three, the people of God must be content. Paul's challenges were both positive and negative. And so the keys for being successful in the kingdom of God is determined by our spiritual perspective in life. In other words, there's going to be times of plenty. There's going to be times, Brother Brad, where the work comes in. You're going to be overwhelmed. Then there's going to be times, Brother George, where you don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from. Or you might think everything's going good now. Yeah. You see, Paul faced the same thing. But regardless of his situation as we stand, Paul learned the power of living with contentment. He says therewith to be content. And the fact of the matter is contentment will not ever come through materialism, human achievements. True contentment comes when we trust God. Say it again. True contentment is when we trust God. Why? Because trusting God is the source of strength and lasting joy for our lives. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We can do all things. Everyone say all things. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Amen. Are you glad to be a Christian this morning? Do you recognize who you are? Praise God. We're going to take a quick break.